Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, the greatest radio shows of all time. Suspense. The Shadow Node. Washington calling David Harding. Classic Radio Theater. The Great Gildersleeve. Fibber McGee and Molly. Dragnet. Gunsmoke. The Lone Ranger. Now step back into our time machine with your host, Wyatt Cox. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. One of my favorite programs are the shows from Phillips H. Lords, and you know I enjoy those a lot. I was not able to use this show on our regular syndicated radio show because, quite frankly, it's of horrible audio quality. It's understandable, but it's not broadcast quality. I thought, ah, you folks that enjoy our podcast might enjoy this. This is an episode of Counterspy, and this goes back, uh, well, this goes back uh, over, well, no, it goes back exactly 80 years to November 2nd, 1942, and this is the case of the gasoline barge. This has to do with counterfeit gasoline coupons because, you know, World War II, all of the uh, the things that, uh, well, what, what is it? Gas rationing and rationing of everything that people had to do at the time. And, and I think this might interest you and give you an idea how things worked and how Phillips H. Lord's people produced it. Counterspy, and I've done my best to clean it up, but it's not very good. Uh, November 2nd, 1942, 80 years ago. Washington calling Counterspy. Washington calling Counterspy. Calling Counterspy. Washington calling Counterspy. Washington calling counter-spy. Harding, counter-spy, calling Washington. Harding, counter-spy, calling Washington. Phillips 8 Lord, counter-spy. Packed with thrills and adventure. The exciting story of all undercover agents 
fighting against enemy spies within our borders. Philip H. Lord's Counter Spy. All over this great country tonight is an invisible army of men and women highly trained to protect us from professional enemy spies within our borders. Imagine Chief Counter Spy of them all as David Harding. Looks 
like we got to find a new handyman. Yeah, yeah, but come on, let's drag him out. We've got enough with that wind blowing in that storm. I don't want to have any corpses laying around here. Yeah. Grab his feet. Okay. Yeah, I got him. Well, Mr. Harding, 
Analysis shows the ink was compounded of hydrochloric solutions of gallic and tannic iron salts, with the usual sugar and gum arabic present. Applying a reagent of 3% oxalic acid made the counterfeiter's ink disappear, while the negrocinic ink of the genuine coupons was unaltered. Uh, how many concerns manufacture this certain type of ink, Mr. Bixby? Three. One is a very small one and sells almost entirely in northern New England. Mr. Bixby, cover all of the ink manufacturers who use this compound of hydrochloric solution of gallic and tannic iron salts in their ink. Yes, sir. Take all of their shipments over the past nine months. Give me the address of every shipment that they've made. Yes, sir. Commander, Army Base Airfield. Bud, pack your suitcase and meet me at 11 tonight at the base airfield. Yes, sir. Closed for a warm climate or a cold, Mr. Harding? Hot. Well, Mr. Harding, now that the rush is over somewhere, where are we flying to? The Florida Everglades, Bud. We landed Miami and proceed south by car. What did you find out from those statistical reports? Well, our statistical department has reported, Bud, that a number of shipments of gasoline have been made by six different companies to a certain gasoline launch supply station along the main road in the Everglades. We also found out that a certain shipment of Woolerton paper was also sent to this gasoline station. You probably recall the forged coupons were printed on Willersden paper. Yes. And also ink, similar to that used on the counterfeited coupons, was also shipped to this gasoline station. Hey, that's hot. Exactly what kind of a filling station is it, Mr. Hardy? Well, are you familiar with the Everglades, bud? No, no, I'm not, sir. There was one main road, which has been built up on artificial ground and piling. It runs for nearly 120 miles across the peninsula. It goes over about 40 different little islands. On a few of these are gasoline stations. This gasoline station in question is just about 100 feet off the main road services automobiles, and also fishing boats. Yes, but how could it service any enemy submarines? People are driving over that road constantly. There must be some neighbors down there. That's the catch. That's what you and I have got to find out, bud. Yeah. If anything wrong is going on down there, a mighty clever device is being used. What's your plan, sir? Well, in the morning, we'll land at Miami. We'll get an oil truck, fill it full of gasoline, and find out when a delivery is supposed to be made to this gasoline station. Then you and I will make the delivery. And we'll hear more from this 80-year-old version of Counterspy in the case of the gasoline barge when uh, Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox, our web special, continues in a moment. Okay, we are listening to a web special here on Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox, Phillips H. Lord's Counterspy, October 2nd, 1942. This is from 80 years ago today. An episode not well preserved. It's the case of the gasoline barge about uh, uh, swiping gas. Now back to David Harding and Counterspy. Comfortable in this gasoline cart, Mr. Harding. Good for the digestion, but 
that's where we turn off. You know, it's strange if they insisted we deliver the gasoline at night. There's no sense in surmising or guessing, but just got to wait and see what develops. Yeah. Here's where we turn, all right? Louise 
Mrs. Holmford is 23 miles from the gasoline station in question. She cruises at 14 miles an hour. That'd take her... One hour and 45 minutes to get from her home to the gasoline station. Correct. One hour and 45 minutes for her to return from the gasoline station back to her home berth. The entire time being three hours and a half. But she was gone ten hours. That leaves six and a half hours of her time to be accounted for. That's right. Six and one half hours. Now... Suppose she hooked onto a 10,000-gallon barge at the gasoline station in question and towed it out to sea to meet a submarine. It would take two hours to unload the 10,000 gallons after she met the sub. Which leaves two and a half hours for her to tow the loaded barge out and the empty barge back. Correct again. Now, I checked with the Navy, and a tug which makes 14 miles an hour by itself is slowed to 12 miles an hour when she's towing an empty barge. When she's towing a loaded barge of 10,000 gallons, she'd be slowed to 8 miles an hour. Our average would therefore be 10 miles an hour. Two and one half hours still accounted for. That means in two and one half hours, the sub could cover 25 miles. So she'd be meeting a sub 12 and one half miles off the southern Florida coast. That's beautiful deduction, Mr. Harding. Good reasoning, but where does it get us? What makes you think she did pick up a 10,000-gallon barge at the gasoline station in question? Where was the barge? Oh, Bud, I haven't been entirely honest with you. I kind of suspected it. Did you notice, Bud, the night when I put the nozzle of the gasoline hose into that pipe, the pipe was just flush with the dock? No, I didn't. Well, it took us 45 minutes to put that gas in. When I took the nozzle out of the pipe, the pipe was four inches lower than the level of the dock. Oh. Then the tank under the dock was a floating tank that went up and down with the tide. The dock was really a disguised oil barge with just the shell of a dock over it to camouflage it. Exactly. And before morning, the tug brings the empty barge back and it's shoved under the dock again. What's our next move? Tap out the signal through the counter spy headquarters, Washington. Have the contact relay to our field testing laboratory and get me Tex Walker. Tex is an expert chemist on gasoline and all fuel oils. The next time a submarine's refueled with that gasoline, they're going to have a surprise coming to them. taking it apart. The whole inside is burned as if there were acid in the gasoline. That cannot be. How long will it take to repair? I'm afraid, sir, it is beyond repair. And our other motor is giving us trouble. The staff is prepared. Nun, was did you? Who turned off the light? Switch on the lights, you fool. Sir, we are having the same trouble with our gasoline generators. Switch the car into the battery. You must repair them. We'll be at the mercy of the Americans. Are you sure it's trouble from the gasoline? Yes, sir. The carburetor and filters in the gasoline line have all been eaten away by acid. Do Maluda. Notify Herr Himmel at once. Tell him we're ruined. We've been sabotaged. Notify Herr Teachman in New York. It's his fault. Hoffnung's loser, Dunkup. He will suffer. Countess by headquarters, Washington. Emergency message just intercepted from disabled German submarine off Florida coast to Herr Himmler, Berlin. Submarine also trying to contact Gestapo agent in this country, but cannot as yet locate contact point. That means the Gestapo agent will be sent to the Everglades to investigate trouble. Notify Florida police to proceed on observation plan 3B. State police reporting to David Harding according to issued counters by orders. 
black limousine speeding down Everglades Trail at 70 miles an hour. Drivers alone in car. Out-of-state car. License number, New York, 14C319. So we stop this car at Nick's police intersection. No, let it proceed. Washington, you contact Baxter. Pete. Yes, sir. I'm in the New York License Bureau, as you requested. Your call is being relayed directly to me. This is Harding. I'm still in Miami. Check for me immediately. New York License, 14C319. Yes, sir. I have the files. Just a minute. One, four, uh, Herbert R. Teachman, 1142 East Riverside Drive. Teachman, Teachman, that name's very familiar. I'm having our suspect filing clerk listen in to our conversation. He's probably even now checking on Teachman, and you should hear from him within the next two minutes. Excellent, Baxter. I'm using your head. I'll wait right here for his report. Suspect filing clerk, if you're listening on this wavelength, come in as soon as possible. Time's an important element. This is Harding, Miami Countess by headquarters. Come in. Herbert R. Keachman, wealthy broker, German-born, has lived past six years in Berlin, returned to States August 24, 1940. Bachelor, sworn in Gestapo at Hamburg, 1937. Expert... That's enough, thanks. Signing off. Okay, bud. Now we know what we're up against. It's the big boss himself. Keachman's on his way to check his operators at that gasoline station. We've got to fly down there and quick. Don't shoot. I won't move. Put your hands up in 
putting acid to gasoline. I was just one, Teachman. One of 5,000 counter spies checking every move your Gestapo made. Don't shoot. I do exactly what you say. You just want me to move so you can kill me right now. But I am not going to give you the chance. I do exactly what you want. All right, Teachman, start for the door. But be careful that your two countrymen don't trip you again. And this uh, indicates to be the 19th episode of Counter Spy from November 2nd, 1942. And you can see, even if it's hard to listen to, you can tell how the tenor of the show changed. It was a very deep World War II pro-American show and something that I think we can appreciate to this day. Uh, Counter Spy. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us here for this classic radio theater podcast right here on your favorite radio. Well, no, we are not on your favorite radio station. Visit us at classicradio.stream, won't you please?